Hello. I'm Kelsey. And I'm Kim. And I am not Kim. I didn't fuck it up this time. I'm still so Woo-hoo. proud. After weeks of like really mentally fucking it up every time, I'm really proud that I like remember my own name. <laughs> Good job. I'm proud of you. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> Welcome to season three, episode 22 of the Massive Fans Book Club podcast. Guys, this is not only the last episode for Aquar, aka chapter 78 through 82 of A Court of Wings and Ruin by Sarah J. Mass, but also it's our one year anniversary. Woo! <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. I, I don't know how we got here. I really don't. Like, I feel it's like been it's a been a year. It has been. And, you know, I think, you know, part of me feels like we've been doing this forever. And part of me feels like we just started this. So I it's know. kind of that, that weird, like, how do we get here? One year? I know. Like, I know. To all of you out there listening, all I can say is thank you from the absolute bottom of my heart. Because, like, we really didn't think you guys were going to want to stick with us as much as y'all have. and Yeah, for reals. We really wow. thought it was just going to be us talking to each other on the interwebs. <laughs> So we love it. We, I just, I'm, I'm so blown away and, and, and on so many levels. And I just want y'all to know that as rough as the last couple of years have been, including this past year, for me personally, that and Kelsey knows this, that really and truly part of what's really kind of kept me going is our podcast. So and yeah. I have contributed that to, to not just getting to hang out with Kelsey and, and, you know, doing my day-to-day with her every day um but I know it's been so much fun to have an excuse to talk like every single day (laughs) I know oh break my heart um oh I have to talk to Kelsey oh shucks yeah I know right (laughs) but you know it's it it really it it helps to know that y'all are out there and you're listening and you you interact with us and yeah Kelsey does most of the social media and and you guys are really interacting with her out there but you know what I still see it. I still read it. She shares everything with me. And I just thank y'all so much. Like, Well, and that's the other thing. That's the other thing, too. Like, what's so interesting looking back like a year, and and we'll get into it more later, but what's so interesting looking back at like doing this for a year is like a year ago, you and I were just like sitting around talking about wanting to do it. And then we did it. And we didn't really know where we were going with it. And now like every week we have like our system, we know what we're kind of doing, but we still have like new ideas about what stuff we want to do. And like the list Mm -hmm. of want to do's just keeps getting longer and longer. So like, we're obviously never going anywhere. (laughs) We're just gonna keep doing this forever. And then like, on top of that, like, yeah, like, a year ago, like we were not a part of like the bookstagram community or like book talk and like, oh my God, like I literally like in my head think of like our book talk friends as like our real life friends, which is like maybe kind of sick. But like some of you we've actually met and talked to and I don't think that's sick. That's just called friendship. <laughs> yes. And you guys are just so awesome. So, so it's awesome. just really speaking, cool. Speaking of, did you see the the duet TikTok that Kara did with Hey It Stewart. Okay, okay. Uh, we will probably link to that in the show notes. I mean, have I asked her yet? No, but will she say yes? I'm like 99.9% sure. So, <laughs> I mean, she's awesome. I mean, you know, she's a friend of ours. She's, she's been there. She's done all kinds of awesome stuff. She's doing awesome stuff out there. And, you know, y'all support her and, and we support her. And, y'all are awesome and then you know then there's Michaela and she's just wow you know know. Um, I feel so So, lucky to have her as a friend 
uh, author interview. I know. Which, like, I guess, fabulous. I guess is a good like time to jump into like the housekeeping because, um, yeah. in case you have no idea what we're talking about, last week we <laughs> interviewed J.M. Wallace. She's an indie fantasy author, and her book "Heirs of Shadows and Ice" is out today as of uh, you know today as of when this is actually posted so uh i.e april 18th <laughs> so uh go buy it support her we love her you know the deal <laughs> she is so awesome you guys seriously go get the book and read it and then we can all talk about it because yeah um <laughs> so soon we'll be dropping a fun one year birth anniversary episode <laughs> you guess. yes so watch out for a combined celebratory episode that's also Aquar from a dude's perspective yep so, all rolled into yeah. one because this book is so damn long so like there was no good way to do Aquar from a dude's perspective like on its own without recording for like seven hours exactly so, so, so we'll just hit the highlights with me yes. <laughs> and then you know from there we're gonna dive into Crescent City yes I am so excited you guys I I love love Crescent City. Um, I love all of Sarah J. Mouse's books, but Crescent City really, it spoke to me in a way that, that the other books haven't yet. Um, it's a modern fantasy. It's an urban fantasy, but it is fantasy. You're dealing with Fae and shifters and everything else under the freaking sun, mm-hmm, angels. Mm-hmm. And anyway, it's, it's awesome and it's cool and it's, I don't know. I don't know how else to explain it. It's just wow. Um, and I'm just excited to be to be doing it and reading it and and having Kelsey read it. I want I can't wait to hear her impressions yeah. and do it. So oh just, guys, it's, it's gonna be so wild because you have to remember that like the whole time we've been like for the last year, we've been covering books that Kim has read multiple times and that I was on my second slash like third reads of. And so the perspective is different versus now like Kim has read these and I'm going to be flying blind. So as we are discussing it on the episode, there is no chance of me giving you a spoiler because I won't know what's happening. (laughs) True. Very true. So there will be a lot of me just being like, what? You guys don't hear the kind of questions that she likes to message me. So in fact, we may turn that into a whole thing. We may turn that into like a whole Instagram thing where we just post the screenshots of like my midnight musings to Kim. <laughs> for me. But no, I'm very excited and I look forward to it. So I hope y'all are excited. Um, right now, the breakdown I have for it, it's a 12 week breakdown. So Ooh. we're not going to get through all of it. Before we do our before we get to Akathas. So, July, Christmas in July. <laughs> so we'll see. We'll I'll, I'll see what I can finagle, but we'll do our best. Yeah, we'll we'll, we'll keep you we'll keep you posted on uh, the schedule. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay, back to the scheduled programming. <laughs> Which is wrapping up. Thank you for all of the love, the listens, the follows, the comments. Socials are in the show notes as per usual. Keep it up. And now, um, I guess one last thing before we wrap up Akawar. <clears throat> this podcast is, not, is for not for little, little ears. ears.
<laughs> okay, I think we I think they know. Um Kim, uh so okay, okay, so real quick before we actually go into like the chapter cuz cuz you're going to kick us off with 78. Um can we talk about how I think you and I both agreed when we like broke up the chapters and we were talking about like this last episode and like, you know, scheduling mm-hmm. everything out. Uh, this section's like kind of weird because like yeah. you sort of just feel like the book fucking ended last episode. <laughs> Yeah, kind of. Kind of, sort of, sort of, kind of. <laughs> like, if you think of the plot, you're like, okay, so that's got to be, like, basically it, right? There's got to be, like, one chapter left, right? Like, a kumbaya end of the book, right? Like, fucking, nope. <laughs> no, there are five. <laughs> one rather lengthy. Like, what? Okay, anyway, yeah, I don't know. I just kind of thought that was wild. Like, as we were going through this, I was like, and it just keeps going. <laughs> Yeah, chapter 79 goes on and on and on. I can't wait to hear, like, basically how you're, you're taking the lead on that. I can't wait to see how you do that, because I think I took, like, six highlights, a whole fucking chapter, because I was like, it just really doesn't matter that much, though. (laughs) It does. I I mean, it does, but at the same time, like, the the bottom line matters. The 98%, like, of the, like, back and forth part, how we got there. I was, like, I don't gotta sit through Congress. I just gotta hear, like, what laws pass and don't. Like, <laughs> I don't gotta be there for the play-by-play. <laughs> like, We're not totally there for the play-by-play. Uh, no. no, no. But I did laugh because there's a little bit of play-by-play about, like, who comes in and what order. And I'm like, that just don't fucking matter. That I agree with. <laughs> the, only one, the only one that I found interesting is... Uh, when Tamlin arrived. Agreed, agreed. But we could have just been like, side note. <laughs> we didn't have to be like, and then so, like, I don't know. It just, it reads a little bit, t- that, the first couple pages of 79 when we get there, in my head, read a little bit like, I don't know if anybody remembers, like in the Princess Diaries, when there's like, the, they make a whole joke about the guy. I think it's Princess Diaries 2, actually. When they make a joke about the guy who stands there with the stick and he's like, thump, thump, princess so-and-so, such and such. Thump, thump, prince so-and-so from placey place. Like, and they make fun of how he does that for like every person who walks in the room. It sort of feels like that to me. It's like, Jesus Christ, what are we doing? (laughs) I understand. Anyway. Okay, so chapter 78, Kim, talk to me. (laughs) So chapter 78. So they're back at the field, but now it's Feyre in the flesh with Nesta and Elaine. Because um, they returned, they realized that they need to bury their dad. Yeah. Um, I love how Feyre says in here, letting Reese out of my sight to wrangle our scattered armies, sort through the living and the dead, and figure out some semblance of order was an effort in self-control. Yeah. I can totally understand and appreciate that. Yeah. Um, Cause yeah. 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 That that's got to be a tough one, but you know, at the same time, it's really just the three girls who need to say goodbye to their dad. Like nobody else really right. needs to be there, and it was really it's really just for them. And so when when they get down there, and um. They they find the king of Highborn's corpse laying in the sand with, or laying in the the grass with his head next to him basically, 
where it belongs. <laughs> and I love it because the crows are already picking at it. Yep. Yep. And Nesta Nesta spit at it as they walk love by. It. Love to see it. Come <laughs> Nesta. You just my favorite that's acknowledged that for all the blood, all the all the gore, everything, that the one, you know, fair can smell the blood. Like she, you know, being a fairy, she can yeah. she can, you know, she's fair now. She can smell the blood. Her her senses are heightened. So she can and she yeah. identifies the different scents. Nesta's Cassian's the Kanga Highburn. And, you know, she makes a note of it. And I, it, I think it's kind of important to note that because then she says, only our father had not bled. And so I think it's important because remember, the King of Hybern snapped his neck. Yeah. And um, because of it, you know, the crows haven't started on him. Like, there's no carry in there. And I think that is important because it means he's kind of like untouched, whereas the King of Hybern yeah. is being fed upon by carrion. And I'm like, yeah, it's kind of cool in a way. It's a it's a great image. Yeah. I, I look forward to seeing it on TV, I'll be honest. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Um and so they get there and they wash dad's face and comb his hair and clean him up, lay him out. And you know, Elaine is like, We love you, or I love you, and Nesta doesn't say anything, and Favor doesn't really say anything. Um, I think Favor is somewhere between the two responses of her two sisters. Um, it was just, it was interesting. And she does acknowledge she hadn't told them that she had seen everything happen because of the cauldron taking her there. Um, right. Virtually. So her sisters don't know that she saw everything that happened. You know, so that that's kind of, it's interesting, but it's kind of awkward too. I mean, if you think about it, it would be kind of awkward. To yeah. Yeah knowing every detail that happened but you don't well, you haven't told them and you and i have talked offline about this and like i we don't have to get into detail now it'll come up when we get to akathas but like it's just worth noting that like she's telling us like this book is from favor's perspective and she's blatantly yes. telling us that she knows what happened from mm -hmm. their perspectives in this book but they don't know that she knows exactly so I think you have to keep that in mind when you see some of like their, for lack of a better way to put it, kind of like trauma response in Akafas. I think it's easy to be like, why can't they just talk about it? Blah, 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 blah. And it's because, yeah, like we're looking at it as a reader from the perspective of like, there's a jumping off point that they all have mm -hmm. like a shared experience, but actually they don't. Right. Like, they do, but they don't know that. Like, right. I think if Feyre had said something here, Akafas could have gone a little differently. <laughs> yes and no. I don't think, I mean, literally this is... Yeah. I guarantee you this is 30 minutes max after they brought Reese back. Well, right, 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 right. I'm just saying, like, I think... I think there if she was said something, a small error here in the fact that we're gonna now go multiple books. I think feel like without like really acknowledging that we have a shared experience. <laughs> I actually do that. I totally agree with. I think. You know what I mean? Like, I think, think right now, way. probably not. I, I don't think she should share it right now because I think no, sharing no. it right now would be too much well fair fair but yeah i think i think a mistake has been made <laughs> i agree a hundred percent on that yeah so anyway carry on <laughs> so i so Fa 
So they're standing there after they got that all cleaned up and laid out. Yeah. And Elaine's like, so do we say a prayer? Because remember, the humans aren't religious. They don't celebrate any holidays. Nothing. And so Feyre thinks about it. If you think about it. What? I said, which makes them a really weird group of people if you think about it. I I agree. It's very odd. Like, what a strange society anyway no no holidays yeah no nothing nothing at all like wild anyway it is it's pretty wild but when elaine asked that so was thinking and she recalls words the last time she heard them spoken was under the mountain and the first time she ever heard them spoken was when the fairy died in the foyer of uh tamlin's house which is crazy because that's the only time I remembered it. <laughs> oh no, the the one fae, the female fae, um, under the mountain. I know, but like I had forgotten about that one. So like when I was reading this in my head, like the first thing I remembered was that fae in the in the foyer. Mm-hmm. And so it was right. funny because I think that that <laughs> it's like that's not really the time she was thinking of. <laughs> like, oops. <laughs> I just got through that part of the uh, the 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 all cast version, and they had just gotten through all of that, and it was just really weird when I read that. I was like, "That's where I went first too," because I was like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah." I was like, "Yeah, I remember that." Oh, that's not what you mean. That's not what you mean. (laughs) No, yeah, very strange. But what Farah says is, "Mother, hold you. May you pass through the gates." May you smell that immortal land of milk and honey. She ignites the flame at her fingertips. And she says, fear no evil, feel no pain. May you enter eternity. And then fairy uses the last little bit of her power that she's got left and torches daddy Archeron, Archeron, um, so that he becomes ashes on the wind. Yeah. And apparently afterwards they, they stood there and stared at the burn slab of grass. Yeah. For quite a while. And then they hear somebody approaching and Nesta's trying to Nesta freaks out because she's trying to figure out who it is. And um it's Lucian. Lucian yeah. is back. And as as Farah says in here, she goes, Lucian, haggard and bloody, panting for breath as if he'd run from the shore and he wants to make sure everybody is okay. Like, are they hurt? Cause he sees blood on both Elaine and on Nesta. He sees blood on Pharaoh too, for that matter. Um, <laughs> I love it. He apparently stops when he sees the King of Highburn's decapitated head on the ground. Fair, fair. Wouldn't we all? Well, yeah. Um, of course, most of his attention is on Elaine and Elaine's like, this is so interesting to me because for the first time she really responds to him. I know, I know, Kim. I'm. <laughs> it's so strange. No, it's it is it is because and you and I have talked about this more so like through this like as we've been going through this book. I feel like I, like you've read it multiple times, but like I, this is like, this is only my second reread for Aquilar. And I was like, I feel like I 
completely forgot all of the moments in this book that truly make it like arguable that like yes like lucian and elaine are in game like there yeah. isn't more like there's more there than i remember there being you know what i mean mm-hmm. absolutely like i definitely feel like i remembered like after my first book i was like yeah, yeah, yeah they're supposedly mates whatever and now i'm like oh no actually yeah <laughs> Well, you know, what's really interesting about it is the whole time he's focused on Elaine. I mean, he acknowledges Feyre and Nesta are there. And he does acknowledge Feyre in a way, like, non-verbally. But his attention is all on Elaine. It's not, he's not talking really to anybody. Are you hurt? You know, and and she's like, I love it. Because Elaine responds to him, I'm fine. And then she realizes he's covered in blood and gore and carrying weapons and she's like are you and i love his response me too i love him well i never want to fight in another battle as long as i live but yes i'm in one piece yeah um and it makes elaine smile so yeah i really think you know i think everybody forgets there are hints out there about elution um coming to pass and sarah j mass has said several times she's already set everybody up with their mates it's already yeah. there it's already it's already out there like she's not everybody's met who they're supposed to be meeting so to speak yeah i know but that doesn't really argue against the asriel lane situation <laughs> technically they also have met and there are technically also moments that would lead you to believe so she really could still pull a fast one on us, but <laughs> we'll talk about it during Silver Flames, okay? Yeah, no, I know. I I I know. I yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, he does apologize to them for the loss of their father, because remember he had met their father coming back because as we're right. gonna find out, he had met Vasa the whole bit. Um he does turn to favor finally after she comes up to him and she gives him this huge hug because nobody else would go near him not even elaine yeah yes i'm gonna go give him a hug yeah and she gives him a big hug and and she's like you know thank you for coming and and just you know well and maybe i read it wrong (laughs) i fully admit sometimes like what my head do and what they mean not the same thing I feel like I read it in my head that like they have a little bit of this conversation because I guess it's because where he says like, I've got one hell of a story to tell you. And he's still like at that point, when they get that far in the conversation, it says he squeezes her tightly. I feel like they stand there holding and chatting for a little while. They might. Like, I think that they have a decent chunk of this conversation in this big, like, oh my God, bear hug. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, I agree. And and the reason, and the only reason I'm pointing this out is going back to my, like, mini insane theory from earlier in our episodes where I said, I still stand, or maybe I didn't even say it on here. I know I said it on TikTok, that I still sort of think that part of why the Elaine Lucian mating bond even makes sense is because of the argument I have made since the beginning of Akatar that I think there was at least on some level attraction between Lucian and Feyre. And so for Feyre to be Elaine's sister, that would make complete logical sense. No, I agree. Anyway. Um, 
you know, and, and Farah goes to verify is she really the firebird? Because, you know. Right. Yes, we can dive into that one, but we'll dive into that during Silver Flames, please, everybody. <laughs> so don't worry. It's coming. Um, Lucian has a really interesting kind of thing to tell her, and he's like, your father, ever the negotiator, managed to cut a deal with Vass's keeper to come here. And he says, temporarily, but better than nothing. But yes, queen by night, firebird by day. Nasty curse. So I I think it's interesting that the mm-hmm. Lucian, like they just finished burying their father. And Lucian comes with that information. Yeah. They buried their father, but you know what I mean. Yeah. And um, he's definitely pro Vasa. Mm-hmm. And Lucian kind of blushes a little. So I think he's got some interest there from his Vasa. Right, which is also wild. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's not when he says what he's about to say. It's like, yeah, that sounds like exactly who I would pair you up with then, sir. (laughs) But it's wild because of what you and I just said, which is like that there's definitely still an aspect of like the mating bond there. So anyway. Um, He he tells Farrah that they'll get along just fine, that she's got a foul mouth and a foul temper. Yeah, the um, way he says it is adorable because it's Lucian blushed, glancing at Elaine. She's got a foul temper and a fouler mouth. He cut at me a wry look. He'll get along just fine. And she nudges him in the rib. That's what I'm saying. Like, yeah. That's why I'm saying, like, there was clearly, I'm not a crazy person. Lucian and Feyre clearly had some chemistry, we'll put it that way. And Absolutely. so what he's basically just said to her is, Vasa reminds me of you. Uh, I really like Vasa because you know what I mean like it's just I don't know it's wild like yes over there is my mate but I want you to know that I really like Vasa and I really like Vasa because she's like you <laughs> like it's, exactly. a, it's a lot to take in <laughs> it is but I totally agree with that <laughs> now he does acknowledge you know he, he gets very solemn again looking at the burned piece of earth where they had pirated off daddy and um, he was like, he's a good man. He loved you all very much. And Nesta didn't even respond. Elaine gets really upset. And yeah. is just like, okay, whatever. <laughs> you know? Um, she decides at that time it's time to go back to the camp and make, let everybody yeah. else know that Lucian is here and alive and in one piece because it is kind of important. Yeah, it'd be nice to know. So, to avoid the awkwardness, Fair takes it upon herself. She grabs his arm, kind of loops her arm through it, and starts to walk. Elaine joins them, but Nesta remains. And Lucian did note that she was walking with them, and he commented that she made the killing woe, and and Nesta, Elaine says, Nesta did. I just stabbed him. I love that. <laughs> like, oh, no. No, what I love is that Elaine is basically like ever the like sweet little flower, right? She's like, right. oh no, no, like I, I didn't, I didn't kill anyone. I just stabbed him. Like what? 
through the throat with a dagger. I mean, let's let's face it. <laughs> like, like, I just feel like it's so funny. She's just like, oh, no, 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 no. Like, you've got it all wrong. Like, I didn't, like, kill anybody. <laughs> you know what it is? Did you ever watch Shit's Creek? Yes. I sort of hear Alexis in this, where it's like, oh, no, 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 no. I didn't, like, kill anybody. I just, like, you know, stabbed him in the neck. (laughs) Yes. Yes. I just just feel like I hear Alexis Rose every time she was explaining, like, all of her stupid-ass, like, you know, spring break stories, where she'd be like, she'd be like, David, I didn't get kidnapped. I just ended up stuck in some guy's basement for a month. Like, what? Yeah. What are you talking about, girl? Yeah. No, totally. Actually, you know what? Potentially great fan casting for Elaine. Not because that actress obviously isn't actually that dumb, but she's gorgeous and she has some of those aloof qualities. Absolutely. Okay, anyway, sorry, there we go. Okay, so Favor's trying to figure out what, what Lucian's plans are. She's like off with Vasa. And he's like, first here, then who knows? He's kind of trying to be, you know, cagey a little. And Farrah kind of nudges out of lane at this point. And, and who, who says you could come to Volaris? Not Farrah. Elaine says this to Lucian. I know. And he says, it would be my pleasure. And I am really, I don't know, there's something about that that, again, she invites him. Yes, Farrah had to nudge her, but she invited him. Right, because if she didn't want to, she could have been like, what? Like, why are you nudging me? Nudging me to what? What do you want? Right. Anyway, they got back to the camp, and Farrah left the two of them to go, whatever. She was at her point, she's like, I need, I need to change i'm i'm gross so she goes to her tent and she as soon as she opens up the the flap to the tent to go in she's like yeah i'm not going to be changing anytime soon because there are people in her tent not just (laughs) draken and miriam are in her tent hanging out with grace and miriam gets up and looks at pharaoh and she's smiling and and that's how the chapter ends so (laughs) now good luck with 79 because i literally feel like it could be summed up in one sentence but i'll tell you the one sentence when we get there okay (laughs) not the whole chapter uh let me scroll through my uh kindle here how many pages one two three four Basically, up until that snowflake, I feel like all of that could be, like, a sentence. <laughs> Got it. And I'll tell you why when we get there. So, carry on. Get us to the snowflake. <laughs> That's okay. So, Feyre's, like, thinking, all right, you know, chapter 79 starts. She's like, well, okay. Um, I'm going to play hostess. Uh, she she does remember meeting Drake in what couple hours mm-hmm. maybe previous yeah. maybe a couple hours I'm yeah, I, think so. I think there was probably more lead up time getting 
like after yes. they meet before she and Amory can get to the cauldron and all of that I think that probably took more time than it feels like true so a couple hours um and favorites checking out Miriam and you know just she does a full description of Miriam who sounds like she's absolutely lovely uh-huh. um but favorite does acknowledge that she likes her instantly and and so that was yeah it's kind of yeah. nice it's like she recognizes somebody who she can actually be herself and comfortable with and i think that's kind of important because for sure other than more this is the first female that favors really encountered where she feels comfortable right off the bat right so they fairness, that's not Cressida's fault. <laughs> what in fairness that's not all Cressida's fault i mean <laughs> no, no. No. That was just like a bad time. And same with like Vivian. It's just that was just like a bad time. <laughs> yeah. So they all the four of them get talking and, and Feyre gets to catch up and, and learn a little bit about Draken and Miriam and apparently Reese had been filling them in on her story. So that's kind of cool. And uh the question does come up about Jerrion because Feyre acknowledges she mm-hmm. saw them. With Jurian. And and she does ask if he's dead. <laughs> Which I think is uh appropriate. Yeah, okay. So in fairness, I guess maybe two sentences. The one I'm thinking also Jurian is not dead. <laughs> uh Drake and and Miriam are like, no, more came up and explained and well, we didn't kill him. Though apparently Draken still would like to, based off of the expression on his face. And then Feyre has to ask if Nafel's there, because you know we have we're fangirling over Nafel. Because remember, we have the Nafel philosophy that that Papa As did his story time with her about. Mm-hmm. And she's like, and they're like, oh, you know her? And Feyre's like, no, 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 I know of her. <laughs> This is the whole part that I feel like could be cut out, by the way. I'm like, dear God, like, how many times do we have to come back to this Nafel story that truly has nothing to do with anything? I just think it's cute that she's fangirling. I mean, yeah, but I, yeah, yeah. I just, I I thought it was cute. It's a cute little moment. Beyond that, it it took a lot longer. Anyway, um, so Feyre does check with Reese if he agrees because uh, the cauldron had been moved to uh, the night court camp and knowing that there was going to be a power vacuum so the question comes up and Farah ran up by Reese down the bond and Farah and came up and she's like you know your island's still secret right wink wink nudge nudge it's 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 still a safe right. place to hide dangerous things we don't want anybody to find and then they're like yes uh and she's like, so you want to take the cauldron and hide it there? <laughs> yeah, Basically. The to me, that's the sentence. Oh, Reese, you're here? Good. Oh, Miriam Draken, you're also here? Good. I think we should all discuss you taking the cauldron back to your secret island. Also, Absolutely. is Jurian dead? <laughs> yeah, I mean. That's it. <laughs> Really, I agree. Like, this is really kind of long. But like, six I, I did... paragraphs to get through the fucking Nafel story for the third time. <laughs> like... I know. I just thought it was cute that she, like, her first question beyond, you know, the 
like the basics, the pleasantries is is Nathal here, <laughs> which just right. from a fangirl point of view, I just thought was really. Cute. I mean, sure, that is like so, sort of funny. I just feel like I don't know. I feel like the book is really long, and it's been yep, long I, enough. <laughs> I I'm not arguing. I'm just saying. No, I just I thought it was cute, which is why I mentioned it. No, I know um, it's cute. I just think it's funny. Anyway, Draken does confirm that, why, yes, when they leave, one of their ships will be heavier in the water than it was when it got there. <laughs> I.e., they're taking the cauldron away. And we get a snowflake. But just before, Feyre's making sure Miriam and Draken are going to be around, because she's like, good, I want you here because I'd like to call a meeting. And we get a snowflake. So yes, I agree. Like this first couple of pages really could have been much shorter. So the next day, apparently Reese and Draken made it happen. Go them. I don't want to know how, but they did it. That's the truth. But her family's estate becomes filled with the high lords and princes and generals and commanders, humans, fae, everybody, all the big players that had to come came. And they're in the giant sitting room, which is one of the only usable rooms left in the the building and everybody starts to arrive of course the fae arrive first specifically high lords arrive first but the fae arrive first which makes sense because remember they can winnow humans can't so it's going to take them a lot longer to get there the interesting high lord as they come through because the only one really worth mentioning truly they mention baron and heiress and it's interesting but not that interesting the only one that really is interesting is when Tamlin shows up. And the reason why I say that is because Lucian is standing there with Farah and Reese in the inner circle. Mm-hmm. And Elaine and, and and Nesta. He is standing at the doorway as people come in. In Illyrian leathers, no less. Yeah. In the Illyrian leathers that, remember, he left in when he went over to the continent to go find Vasa. Mm-hmm. Right? So it's not like he has a ton of clothes to change into right now. Tamlin didn't even pay attention to Feyre. Instead, he literally goes, apparently Lucian is standing right next to Feyre on her left-hand side, and his attention goes directly to Lucian. Lucian goes to step forward, and he's like, Tamlin! Tamlin notices that he's wearing the leathers, and as Feyre notes in her internal monologue, he might as well have been wearing night court black. Tamily didn't say anything. He just shook his head and walked on. And this is pretty upsetting to Lucian because Tamlin was probably one of Lucian's best friends, right? Like, yeah, this is like really weird to me. Like, I don't know. Weird's not the right word. I don't know what word I want to use. <laughs> it's awkward. Yeah, it feels really like, yeah, it's like it's awkward because, like, on one hand, like, for Tamlin, this is very uncomfortable, and I can 100% understand why. Mm-hmm. And for Lucian, this is also uncomfortable, and I can 100% understand why. I just feel like out of these two people, one of them is like a little more wrong than the other, and it ain't Lucian. <laughs> I agree. So, like, I have a hard time feeling bad for Tamlin because I just, like... I feel like you made a lot, like you made 
even now that we know that Tamlin ultimately like ended up like on the right side of history, so to speak, you know, like mm -hmm. he still did a lot of shitty things and put Lucian in a lot of shitty situations that like Lucian doesn't have to forgive him for, even if he acknowledges kind of like, we don't want favor to forgive Tamlin. We just want Tamlin to have his own redemption arc. You know what I mean? It's yeah. the same no, thing. Lucian does not need to forgive Tamlin because Lucian, in a different way, was like as much a victim as Feyre. You know what I mean? Absolutely. He, yeah. So, like, I I guess I don't know. It's just like uncomfortable because, like, I can tell Lucian here, like, kind of wants to patch things up, and I'm like, don't, don't bother. <laughs> like, <laughs> you can acknowledge that he ended up on the right side of history without actually having to like do that. <laughs> I totally agree. Um, it's it's curious to see what's going to happen. You know, I'm I'm yeah, I'm intrigued. So then the humans finally arrive after all the Fey have arrived, including Miriam Draken and their entourage. <laughs> the fell, <laughs> yeah, the fell made eye contact with Favor and smiled at her, and it was like the little fangirly moment. It was so cute. Oh my god. Anyway. After the humans have arrived, standing out in the hallway with Lucian, or actually, no, has Lucian already gone? Maybe Lucian's already gone in. But the last person to arrive is Vasa, and she arrives quite literally as night is falling. Mm hmm Right. Because up until that point, she'd been the firebird. <laughs> so it makes sense. And I know Nesta is standing there. So maybe it's just her, Nesta, and Elaine. The three yeah, of them are sitting the sisters, there. yeah. And she acknowledges them, and she's like, you know, Vasa asks Farah if she's, you know, which one's Farah? And Farah's like, yes, it's me. And Vasa is like, I am sorry about your father. He was a great man. And Nesta wasn't even there. It was it was just Farah. The two sisters had already gone into. And Nesta comes striding out of the room. And Feyre just literally, I mean, Nesta locks up at, at Vasa's words. And of course, without even asking for an introduction, she looks at Nesta and says, you're Nesta. Right. Like, Uh-oh. This is not going to go well, people. And then Vasa's like, you know, she tells her she's sorry for the loss. And, and, and she's like, I heard you slew the King of Highburn. No comment. No, mind you, the whole time. Nesta's not saying shit her mouth yeah. is sealed shut so then vasa pours salt on the wound without realizing she's pouring salt on the wound because she says to both of them he was a better father to me than my own i owe much to him and i will honor his memory as long as i live yeah ouch i just i can't like i i know she's she didn't say it to be hurtful i know yeah. she didn't wow that's such a slap well but right but like you gotta think from her perspective she would have no reason to think that because right. what she knows of daddy archeron is that this man is busting ass to go save his daughters that's the daddy Absolutely. archeron that she knows right so like of course she thinks we're having this fucking bonding moment <laughs> yeah like poor fucking Vasa, like later when Lucian's like, oh, wait, you said what? Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, Vasa's gonna be like, well, I can't wait to turn into a bird in the morning. 
like, I've got to get out of here. Pretty much. <laughs> like, you know, she's like, well, shit. <laughs> Why didn't somebody tell me? <laughs> like, well, it kind of wasn't time, but yeah. <laughs> the thing Vasa is cornering her about is, is, can you break the curse that's on me? Vera can't commit to this. She's like, I, I don't know. She goes, um, <laughs> you know, give me some time to th- figure this out. We, we, we're, we're trying to still heal people <laughs> that yep. can be healed. Little <laughs> you know, busy. Let's, let's sort this out once things slow down just a bit. The way Vasa approaches it, she, she basically, <laughs> the question had come up about the other queens, to which Vasa's response is, you know, we shall see. And you will think of ways to help me. Like, she's the queen and nobody else has as high a rank as she does. <laughs> <laughs> she's saying this to, to Feyre. <laughs> yeah. Mm. waits till she heads into the sitting room. Kind of rolls her eyes. And, and says to herself, and I just love it, she goes, either she didn't know or didn't care that I was also a queen in my own right. See, and I think it's so interesting because in a way, like, I, I don't know. I just think it's so interesting because, like, I don't know that she meant it that way as much as, like, you're the first, like, to me, like, it's so interesting that it reads that way to, like, to Feyre because to me, the way it read was more like, oh, good, finally, somebody who's my equal. Let's get this shit done. Like, I'm thinking no, I agree. There's, I just think there's this funny. Instagram I sent to my sister and it has nothing to do with this, but, like, it's this guy, he's, like, a DJ, I guess. I don't know. He's making this remix and he's in his robe. And it's basically, he's got this song and I, I'll have to send it to you later. I don't remember exactly how it goes, but it's something like, you gotta get, what is it? It's like, you gotta get shit done to get the shit done. You gotta get up to get the shit done. If you don't get up, you can't get shit done. The shit don't get done if you don't get up. Like, and it's basically like, <laughs> and I forget what it was like a part where it's something like, and if you don't do the shit, who will do the shit? The shit won't get done if you don't do the shit. Like, and I was just like, I sort of feel like that's kind of what Vasa like hears in her head. Like, oh good, mm-hmm. fuck another. Okay, if we don't get this shit done we don't get the shit done <laughs> exactly no i agree it's funny that's awesome <laughs> it reads to me that way in my head where Vass is like oh good another person who gets shit done around here good yes <laughs> absolutely i agree lucian says you're that's one great. of those <laughs> for that matter i think her father probably said that too but you know right, right. Daddy Archer and Illusion both agree that uh, of all people, you're a you get shit done. done. So... <laughs> yeah, yeah. Pretty much. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> so after Vesta goes in, of course, Nesta and Fair have a little moment. And part of the moment is, is that Nesta's trying to go upstairs to get away from everybody. And Fair was like, whoa, 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 whoa. Where are you going? Treat the guest of honor. <laughs> yeah, wait, what? <laughs> You killed the king. <laughs> you need to be in there. Plus, you're our emissary. I regret taking that now. <laughs> I'm sure she does. But what goes into the unsaid part of their conversation is that Nesta is holding a piece of wood in her hand and Feyre recognizes it as one of her father's wood carvings. And Feyre moves her face so that Nesta can't see that she's figured out what is in her hand. So I respect that. Mm-hmm. Um. 
And they, they chat a little bit more about, do you think this is going to work? Yada, yada, yada. And they go in to the room. And I, I want to read this little bit because I, it's so important because it, it says so much about where we are in this world at this moment in time in this story. Yeah. And where Feyre and Nesta are in their relationship. Yeah. So Nesta says, do you think it will work, this meeting? With so many fate ears in the room beyond, I didn't dare give any answer but the truth. I don't know, but I'm willing to try. I offered my hand to my sister. I want you here for this with me. Nesta considered that outstretched hand. For a moment, I thought she'd walk away. But she slid her hand into mine, and together, we walked into that room crammed with humans and fae, both parts of this world, all parts of this world. And I just find it so fascinating that Nesta actually allowed Farrah to hold her hand. Yeah, and we'll, we'll get into that later, but you and I had already talked offline about how I have, like, when we get to, like, silver flames and stuff I'll, mm-hmm. I'll i'll decide if my theory that you and i have discussed is accurate but i have a theory about like the way nesta's character is written mm-hmm. and i sort this is kind of what goes into that a little bit i can kind of see that and and since you and i've talked it makes a lot of sense yeah so yeah. i get that like yeah so well <laughs> long story short guys my whole thing is just uh, the Feyre and Nesta relationship, I think there are a couple different ways people look at it, and I have a theory of why people do that, and, and we'll get into that later, but this is Absolutely. just, like, a good example of um, the Feyre and Nesta relationship that, like, I think some people probably gloss over versus some people, like, attach, like, latch on to. You know, that makes sense. And, and I have to say that Based off of your your theory, it, it really does make sense. And logic is definitely from a different perspective than mine. Yeah. See, um, sneaky, sneaky. You don't know what we're talking about. Now you have to keep listening to this show. <laughs> now you have to stick around until Silver Flames. <laughs> anyway. Anyway, no, I do. I totally kind of get it. Um, so at the same time, I mean, yeah, I guess well, we can talk about it more offline. Anyway, once everybody's in the room, including Farah and Nesta, Farah steps up. She says, my name is Farah Archeron. I was once human and now I am Fae. I call both worlds my home and I would like to discuss renegotiating the treaty. And that is how chapter 79 ends. Love it. Okay, darling, it's all on you now. Okay, chapter 80, like, 79, there was, like, Kimmy actually did a really good job, like, summing that up to get to the points that fucking mattered, because there's, like, a lot of shit we just skipped that was just, like, fangirling over Nafel some more and some other, like, and then this High Lord entered, and then that High Lord entered, and it's just politics. Yeah. So, anyway, 80's kind of the same, so <laughs> 80, so 
so I do like the start of this. It may sound vaguely familiar. Um, <laughs> we might have thought of something we've done heard before. Um, but uh, yes. it starts, a world divided was not a world that could thrive. And so basically they have like a whole meeting uh, that goes on and on and on and on because they're all basically telling their side of kind of like how we got to this place and like how the last treaty went and like why people did what they did and felt their feelings basically. <laughs> like that's the easiest way to sum it up. <laughs> mm-hmm. And it kind of comes down on Feyre to tie it all together because Feyre is kind of the only one who was in all places, if that makes sense. I mean, she wasn't mm-hmm. for 500 years, clearly, but like she, like she said, she was human. Now she's Faye. She was under the mountain, yada, yada, yada. So she kind of, you know, she's looked into the Ouroboros mirror, like all of those things. Uh, so she kind of like sums it up. And then same thing with like Miriam and Drake and they're kind of a key aspect as well because of like their relationship. And mm-hmm. how they play into the whole last war thing. Basically, it goes how you think it's gonna go. Like the High Lords, like are like they all kind of chat, and it goes well, and then it goes poorly, and then it goes well, and then they quarrel, and yada yada yada. And it ends up kind of just coming to a place where. Favor sums it up as, well, like, they stayed till the end, so that must be a good sign, like, the end being the next morning. And I guess that's just because, A, we're exhausted, B, you can only talk so much, and C, like, you know, Vasa's a fucking bird now, so she's got to go out and, like, crow with the chickens and stuff. And so she, they're like, okay, I guess this meeting's over. And... Everybody, like, all the face are, like, winnowing out or, you know, those that can fly or, you know, flying out, you know, birds and shit. (laughs) And all the humans just, like, peel off into their own, like, subgroups. And the key to that is just that Elaine is looking out the window and she watches Grayson leave with his men. And Feyre kind of internally notes, like, wow, he really meant everything he said. Like... He, sh- he and his men showed up to, like, back the humans up in this war because this was going to be bad. So, like, he was true to his word that he, like, would do what he needed to do, but he was also true to his word that he don't have two fucks to give about Elaine. Yeah. Which sucks. Yeah. Well, it doesn't, it doesn't. I think, you know, to me, I don't know. The way I look at it is, like, kind of that whole situation where, like, you know, you cry over your college boyfriend and then years later you're like, oh, thank God. Like, yeah. like, what if I had stayed married? Yeah, you know, what if I stayed with that asshole? What if I'd married that asshole? Yeah, same thing. So, I mean, ultimately, uh, probably for Elaine's best interest. <laughs> but uh, so they like peel off, and now we have Jurian, and they were like, so like, <laughs> what's your plan now? What you what you what you gonna do? Where you where you gonna go? Like you you. Mm-hmm. Like, Greg and Miriam still kind of want to, like, rip your face off. So, like, what's what's your next move? <laughs> yeah. And he's like, well, Vasa offered me a place within her court. And they were like, oh, cool. So, like, you're going gonna to go? You're going to do that? And Jorian basically says, like, what the fuck? Like, what court? She's a fucking bird. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, what? What? What he actually says is, what sort of court can a cursed queen have? She's bound to that death lord. She has to go back to his lake on the continent at some point. 
Right. And it's like, right. I don't even, what? I Yeah. So that, I'm having a hard time articulating, but basically my problem is, Kim and I talked about this offline, all of this like babbling about Nafel has nothing to do with anything because that is a story from the past. All of this information around Draken and Miriam and Jurian like makes me just want a Draken and Miriam Jurian story that I don't know if we're ever gonna get, probably not. And then you know, all of maybe. this like Vasa firebird shit. I don't know. There's just like a lot of stuff being set up and I'm just really starting to question like, I mean, unless SJM's going to write like 12 books in this series, like we ain't going to get to all of it. She said she was writing the end of this book. She had said she was going to write five more books, two novellas and three full length books. We've gotten one novella and one of the full length books. So we have two more full length books coming and a novella. And one of one of those three will be actually a pre Akatar. So so maybe we could get a Miriam and Draken story in theory. It's possible. Anyway, I don't know. I'm just saying, like Kim and I talked offline, and I think I've said it to you guys before. Like, I love me some world building. Love me specifically some SJM world building. But I do feel like sometimes we get like what I call like the mercenary problem, which is a lot of detail and a lot of information about something that like ain't coming back. And I just find that irritating. Anyway. <laughs> watch you say that and watch the mercenary show up in whatever prequel book we get. I mean, who fucking knows? Like, I fucking hope so, man. <laughs> like, I would love to be wrong. <laughs> I just find it funny because that would be my, I think that would just be like ironically yeah. appropriate. Yeah. Yeah. For real. I don't fucking, yeah. Who knows? Anyway. So he basically says, yeah, I'm not going to fucking do that. Like I'm not, yeah, no. And so small change of subject. They're just kind of, like, he kind of makes a joke where he's like, you know, too bad the king was beheaded by your sister because I feel like he's the only one who probably could have figured out a way to get Vasa out of her situation. Because, like, which is also terrifying because I feel like we're also setting up, like, oh, my God, you mean there are bigger, better, ugliers? <laughs> well, shit. I mean, I guess we knew that because, like, otherwise there would be no more. Well, problems. he's the older brother to the bone carver and, and the weaver, so. <sighs> yeah. We know he's a death god. <laughs> so, what a good time. Anyway. Uh, Feyre basically says, like, do you think we stand a chance of, like, peace between everyone? Like, cut the shit. Like, tell me. Like, Jorian, you've been around the block. What do you think? And he says, yes, I do. And she comments, like, in her head that I I don't know why, but it gave me comfort, like, for him to say that. And I think, I think it's because, like, of who Jorian is. You know what I mean? Like, we've talked about this before. He's the only character that really can give like Reese a run for his money as far as like thinking two steps ahead and like seeing it all and like really like game planning that far in advance. And I, I feel like because of that, that's why Favor is like, okay, Reese might beat around the bush with me because he wants what's best, but Jorian has no reason to do that. But if Jorian is saying with everything he knows, he thinks that then I'll take it. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. <clears throat> So we get a snowflake. Um, 
couple days where like you know a little little time has passed and and she's you know commenting that like she's still mulling over in her head like she's kind of coming back to like what jurian said and trying to like <laughs> look on the bright side like we're all gonna probably figure this out and so eventually like once you know people are more or less healed dish and like ready to head back like everybody goes back to Valaris. And she's got like this cute little thing where like basically it's, you know, sunny and the windows are open and it smells like home and, and she can faintly hear like children of Alaris playing. And so she's in her head, she says, home, home was the same, home was untouched. I squeezed Reese's hand so tightly I thought he'd complain, but he only squeezed right back. And even though we all had bathed as we stood there. There was a grime on us, like the blood hadn't entirely washed off. And I realized that home was indeed the same, but we, perhaps, we were not. Yeah. And so I just, I think that's like, says a lot about like where her headspace is, which is important to note for when we come back for Akafas in July. And I think that you have to remember that probably everybody is in some version of that. I agree. So, um, Amron, on the other hand, is like, well, shit, I guess I got to eat real food now because, you know, <laughs> she's my friend now. <laughs> yeah, like, drinking blood might not go over well. Yeah, yeah. And so, uh, Amron has decided that if she lacked a filter before, she really is going to lack one now because she just yeah. says, <laughs> she's says to Nesta, I'm surprised you didn't take the king's head back to have it stuffed and hung on your wall. And Nesta just like gives her a stink eye. And Moore's like, some would consider that joke in bad taste, Amarin. And she goes, I spit your asses. I'm entitled to say what I want. And so I'm like, yeah, like she really, she really just gonna do whatever the fuck she wants. And you know what? Like I respect that. Hey, she was there for 15,000 years trapped into that body. Yeah. And then after it was all said and done, she decided to come back. Yeah, I guess she could. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, she can say where the fuck she wants now. But my favorite, my favorite thing in this entire chapter is what Elaine says. So that whole fucking thing goes down with Amrin and Nesta and everybody listening in. And then Elaine goes, the new Amrin is even crankier than the old one. Thank you, Elaine, for saying exactly what everybody in that room was thinking. Like, damn, dude, like, yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the more the more I think about these last few chapters, the more I argue that Elaine and Alexis Rose are the same person. Anyway. <laughs> anyway, so we do some, you know, I need a drink. I need a drink too. Let's open the expensive stuff. We do we do some of that for a little while. <laughs> And that's just setting kind of like a background for uh, the fact that Feyre has noted in her head that like Lucian didn't come back with them. Lucian was uh, running an errand. uh, Uh Yeah, wouldn't say what that was. So she knew that he was probably going to go to Tamlin. And so she gave him a note because she I really, I don't know. I really respect this. She decided that she like wanted to like genuinely thank him for save, you know, helping like being a part of saving Reese. 
And so, well, not only she, that, but also, it's, I think it's a way for her to kind of bury the hatchet as much as she's going to bury it. Well, and that's what I was going to say. And that's the thing. And that's what I like about it is she even admits, she says, my note to Tamla was short. It conveyed everything I needed to say. Thank you. I hope you find happiness too. And I did. Like, that's all she needs to say because of what we just said, which is like, she's acknowledging that like, she can thank him for showing up to be in like mm -hmm. on the right side of the war. She can thank him for doing what she did for Reese. And she can acknowledge that he on some level deserves to be happy too. That like, he doesn't need to like sit around and suffer. He's allowed to have happiness too, but that doesn't yep. mean that she forgives him. And I am glad that she doesn't. Yeah. No, you know think. what I mean? Like, she kind of draws like, like a really clear line there. She's burying the hatchet as much as she can. Yeah, exactly. So I respect that. Love that. Um, Nesta. Okay, so she... <laughs> they're back now, and she just heads upstairs uh, slowly. And then shuts her door with a click. And... The reason this matters is because of the exchange that Elaine and Feyre have, mm -hmm. which is Elaine basically says, you know, I think she is dealing with like losing our father differently than we are dealing with it. Oh, and, absolutely. and Feyre says like, yeah, like <laughs> you're not wrong. And what she says is I think Nesta needs to sort through a lot of it. And Elaine asks, like, well, like, do we go talk to her? Do we help her? Mm -hmm. Like, what? <laughs> now what's the procedure? And Feyre mm -hmm. says, like, yes, you know, we do, but not today, not tomorrow. Like, we got to give it some time. We'll help her when she's ready, like, when we're ready. And I think that's really important for coming into Akafas and Silver Flames. <laughs> because... I think it's easy to gloss over how we get to Akafas, if that makes mm -hmm. sense. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I, like, I think, I think, so here's the problem is it's like, we also joke about Akafas is the Christmas special and it is, it but is. there are very important character building things in Akafas that I think a lot of people write off. I agree. And it's because they don't link it to moments like this. They read Akafas in a vacuum mm -hmm. as if Christmas is a million years apart from this moment. And it's not. It's only a couple months. Right. This is all still very much in people's minds in like in those characters minds in Akafas. And I think it's just easy for people to not look at it that way. <laughs> No, absolutely. So I'm I trying mean, to like give this that time for people to be like, okay, okay, there's an argument to be made for Agafat still mattering. Um, I think it's important. I remember when we got to it, you asked me when you got to read it before you read it. You're like, it's a nice, easy read. It's a light read. Yeah, it's important. It does drive the plot and get you to the next point. Well, right, because I remember the it. question. I remember the question I had because it's. I was reading this before Silver Flames had come out. Right. And so, and like not long before, but like right before Silver Flames was coming out. And I had asked you like, okay, I just finished Akawar. Do I bother to read this now? Or like, does it matter? Like, do I just read it randomly at some point before, you know, 
Silver Flames or whatever. Or like, do I even need mm-hmm. to read it before Silver Flames? Like, does it, does it chronologically, my question at the time was, did it chronologically matter? Because it being a novella, I didn't know if it, you know, shit, if this right. was some sort of prequel or side story, who gives a shit where you read it, you know what I mean? And so, yeah, mm-hmm. I think, I think your are what you said was exactly correct, which is like, yes, it is lighter, it is fluffier, uh, yeah, but it still fucking matters and it's still chronologically very important. <laughs> it's very important for the chronological side of the story. Yeah. But I mean it, it it's important for character development going forward Hugely. into the rest of the story. Hugely. But I think that if you read it in a vacuum and I guess that's just the thing, is like I think what I'm finding when I hear people talk about it like on TikTok and like on Instagram is people are reading it in a vacuum. They are truly mm-hmm. looking at it as a Christmas special. And if you think about Christmas specials, those typically are in a vacuum. They don't right. necessarily follow the exact layout of that season because they want to make sure that they can release that episode that week despite you know what I mean? Other episodes around it. And so sometimes thing, you know, the characterization is a little bit different because they mm-hmm. want that Christmas episode to be timeless. You know, mm-hmm. they want to be able to show it every Christmas, regardless of what's happening in the other seasons. And Absolutely. so that's not the case with Hackafest. No, it's not. It very closely links to like this conversation and the events at the very end of this um so anyway it's a nice little bridge yes so now that i'm off my soapbox i want to read one other thing that really stood out to me because um again kim and i talked about this offline and i'm about to uh say a really big thing so um (laughs) elaine asks so there's like a brief moment of like silence and awkwardness after they were talking about nesta and she says what now and it's so i'll read it what now? Elaine mused at last, answering my question from moments ago at her attention as her attention drifted to the window facing the sunny street. That smile grew bright enough to, so that it lit up even Azrael's shadows across the room. I would like to build a garden, she declared. After all this, I think the world needs more gardens. My throat was too tight to immediately reply, so I just kissed my sister's cheek before I said, Yes, I think it does. Mm-hmm. As I told Kim. And as all of you know, I am not the biggest Elaine fan. However, between the end of last episode, where she, or two episodes ago, where she stabs King of Highburn and, you know, has her whole don't touch my sisters moment, then, like, she's just been around doing her damnedest up until this point. She actively participates and, like, pay, like is with us with it using her brain like you know to essentially you know not bury her father but you know same thing and then acknowledge that nesta is having trouble dealing her weird Mm -hmm. little quip about amarin that i just think is funny and and then like you know even when she's saying to lucian like yeah i mean come to valars that's where we're all going um (laughs) you know these moments give me enough interest in Elaine that like from this section I can see an argument for like wanting an Elaine story and wanting an Elaine book up until this point I don't see it but like this chunk finally gives me enough personality there to be interested yeah I agree so I just think it's I just I needed to admit that (laughs) call it like I see it fair enough I totally understand that. I mean, it sets her up for the next two books for sure. 
Yeah. Like without digging too much into Acrofast, because I know we're not there yet. And I know we're not, you know, doing that till Acrofast in July. I will say, out of most of the characters in that book, honestly, her storyline is kind of what I could have used more of, and we don't get in Acrofast. I know. I'm like, that kind of falls dead in Acrofast, which I think is weird. Because because this lead up would lead you to believe there would be a lot more Elaine than there is, right? Which is again, like to me, like a thing that gets on my nerves. Where it's like, don't give me pieces that you aren't going to use. <laughs> Just saying. All right, but that was the end of chapter eighty. Uh, eighty one. Uh, you know, big switch here. Uh, this is from Reese's perspective. <laughs> Second time so far, we've had a chapter from his perspective. Yes. Yes. So he's in the kitchen. He can hear all of them. They're all milling about laughing. Uh, as I said, they're all, you know, drinking the expensive booze. Mm-hmm. His expensive booze, you know, in case there was any question. <laughs> right. <laughs> and he's at the kitchen window, like looking out and he's just listening like he's looking out but he's not looking at anything specific he's listening he hears mm-hmm. all of his friends you know this is family found family laughing and then you know he hears his wife laughing and mm-hmm. he what he specifically does is he rubs his hand over his chest at that sound which i appreciate because it's a whole like oh like <laughs> i'm still alive thing um mm-hmm. however i will admit uh i am also right now reading electric idol by K. Robert and a similar thing is done in that for obviously different reasons. (laughs) He's not fucking brought back from the dead, but it actually plays better in electric idol because it's better closely linked to like why he should be dead. Like Reese, this was not a heart attack. You were not shot. Like you did not have something. I don't know. It's just, I think there was probably a better visualization than this, but it's fine. I'm just, throwing out there that it links very closely to a whole thing in Electric Idol. Um, <laughs> in case you were curious. <laughs> um, anyway, so he's having a moment. He's listening to his family and he's just kind of like, you know, basically glad he's not dead, right? And so mm-hmm. it takes a minute, but, you know, Cassian comes in and he's just like, you know, are you gonna drink? Like, what are we doing? Like, what are you And it's Asriel who's kind of like fucking Cassian dude. <laughs> like, <laughs> <Yeah>. man. <laughs> like, read the fucking room. <laughs> yeah, anyway, they have this conversation of kind of like Cassian being like, what the fuck are you doing? And As being like, read the fucking room. Um, as uh Reese is like, you know, sneaking up on your high lord is like ill-advised. <laughs> like, maybe don't. <laughs> What are, what are you doing? And I do think this conversation is funny. Cassian quips like, you know, oh, I'm just trying to like keep you, you know, on your toes in your old age. Like it's a whole fucking like banter thing because in fairness, think about it. This is how Cassian copes. Mm-hmm. In fairness, this is how I cope. So Cassian, I see you. Um, <laughs> I feel you. And so Reese is like, oh, you really did find, like, my most expensive bottles. Good to know. Good to know. (laughs) And 
can't and, a thousand dollar bottle of scotch. <laughs> right, right. And there's just kind of this awkward moment with as Cassie and Reese where it's just like quiet and then they hear like the girls laugh again. And Asriel is the first, like I said, Asriel can fucking read a room. And Asriel realizes why Reese was standing alone and what he was doing in here. And he's like, it's real. And they all kind of quiet at that moment because as is pointing out you know that Reese is kind of having a moment where he is still trying to like Feyre was having a hard time believing that Reese had actually been brought back and she wasn't just in some sort of like trauma induced stupor he is Mm -hmm. now having that same reaction well and it's not just that but they almost lost Cassian and as yeah yeah like for the three of them it's really that is true too it's not just the fact that he basically died, but just the fact that like all three of them are still standing here because in fairness, we do remember that in chapter, I don't fucking know, a couple of 10 of them ago or so. <laughs> um, they Reese and Feyre had acknowledged basically that the chances of all of them coming back was not good. Like even if they won, they really thought probably they'd lose at least one or two of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's a good point that they're just like, well, they did, but you know, (laughs) so, uh, basically, but it's, 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 it's a nice moment where basically as is like nobody, like it's real, we're all here. It's all okay. And so they just kind of stand together and I just like what he says, which is like, he takes a drink and he says, let's not do this again for another 500 years. Azriel says which is and what are we gonna do until then <laughs> we're gonna play tiddlywinks no I'm sorry <laughs> right 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 I but his response is so cute Reese says until then I said to my brothers slinging my arms around their shoulders and leading them back to the sitting room I looked ahead towards that laugh that light and that vision of the future Feyre had shown me, more beautiful than anything I could have ever wished for, anything I had wished for, on those long-ago solitary nights with only the stars for company. A dream still unanswered, but not forever. Until then, we enjoy every heartbeat of it. Which I think is really cute. I know. It's like, no. Yeah. Um, and then we're back at Favor's perspective, so I'm like, I, you know, cute chapter, but I'm not 110% sure, like, what the, I don't know, weird choice that we only get, like, two chapters from his perspective, I don't know, and they're not even the same fucking book, it's just a weird style choice to me, but whatever. (laughs) Whatever. I don't know, I wish you all could see, I'm like, I'm giving her the, uh, I don't know, shrug? Yeah, yeah, I don't know either. So that's the end of chapter 182 is Feyre and Kim is just watching me like rub my face fucking long side because she knows I've been basically dreading this chapter for three books because there is like not one thing about this fucking chapter that I think works. Give us the Cliff Notes version. It'll be fine. <laughs> just i fucking hate this chapter like literally literally there were like three places to end this book that weren't here and like could have ended it at the end of the last one yeah that would have been much better i just guys there's 
Obviously, I've been binging Shit's Creek lately because all I can think of is that David quote where he's just like, I have never heard somebody say so many wrong things in a row. <laughs> and I sort of feel like that about this chapter. Like, how is this book like 700 pages and like 600 something something of them are like flawless? And then you're like, what? <laughs> okay, friends. Cliff notes it is. Um, We're back on the roof. Yeah. <laughs> We haven't been on the roof, I don't think, since Akamath. I think you're right. Anyway, we're back on the roof. We haven't been here since Akamath. Uh, Feyre is sitting in his lap. Well, she finds Reese sitting there. So she gets in his lap and you're like, okay, yeah, this feels familiar. Except then it feels like too fucking familiar. Like, we bring back this fucking conversation from Akamath, which like I think is mm-hmm. supposed to be like, look at me, I connected these dots. But I just think it's kind of dumb. Anyway, she shows up in, remember, why would you? Lingerie that didn't exist because it was in her head because Reese put it there. Anyway, yep. that whole fucking nonsense. Anyway, she's now wearing said red lingerie because she went down to, you know, because this is what I'm saying. Like three days after the biggest fucking war of your life and everybody like fucking died and everybody's sad and your dad dead and you decided to go shopping at the lingerie place like down the road. I don't know. It seems weird to me, but whatever. Lady there. Why not? Maybe Lady she needed bras. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, in fair, yeah, in fairness, she's like, I fucking burned that shit that I've been wearing. Uh, <laughs> it's got bad juju. <laughs> not that I blame her for that. I probably right. would too. So right. So okay, fine, fair. Anyway, the shop lady was like, "Yeah, basically take whatever you want. You fucking saved our lives, right?" Which, you know, free lingerie. I guess I'm here for it. Uh I'd, buy, I'd go for some free lingerie, but... I will say it's hilarious because she tells Reese's story and it kind of does come off like, OMG, I got free stuff! And Reese is like, why do you give a flying fuck? Because he's like, uh, hasn't anyone told you you're disgustingly right? Anyway, they basically decide that, yeah, because she'll probably still be terrifying, so whatever. Uh- <laughs> Let's face it. They used her for years, to, for centuries to scare kids, you know, scare people. Right. Nobody, unless you were there that day and know exactly what happened at the top of the, yeah, the hill with the cauldron, they don't know. Exactly. It don't fucking matter. She's still scary as shit. Um, so whatever. There's she'll no probably, filter now. <laughs> yeah, she'll probably still drink blood for the fun of it. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so... Yeah, whatever. Great. So Amran's still our second. I don't know why we were worried about that. And then, and then Reese is like, I heard you when I was gone. Okay. So big fucking change of con- like conversation again. Okay, cool, cool, cool. Guys, I'm just going to read this conversation and then we're going to have a fucking... Yeah, then we're going to talk about it. I just, (gasps) I heard you, he said softly, when I was gone. I began to tense at the lingering terror that had driven me from the sleep these past few nights. The terror I doubted I'd soon recover from. Those minutes, I said once he began making long, soothing strokes down my thigh. Reese, I never want to feel that again. Now you know how I felt under the mountain. Which, pause, I did think that. And I did think about the fact that, like, 
she was all like, oh my God, like I, like that whole thing where she's like, oh, like it was like a practice and self-restraint to like leave him and like go bury my dad. Like, yeah, but you're going to go home with him. When this was reversed, he had to go home to mourn by himself. <laughs> Jesus. Anyway, just saying. Like, you think you fucking got it hard? He already been there, done that with you, and you didn't even like him. Yeah. So shit. Anyway. Yeah, so she looks at him. She says, never lie to me again. Not about that. And he quips, but uh, but about other things? And she pinches him. And he says, well, I couldn't let you ladies take all the credit for saving us. Some male had to c- claim a bit of glory so you don't trample us until the end of time with your bragging, which is kind of hysterical. I fucking love that. But then he, like, goes back to, like, I heard you even to death and made me look back, made me stay a little longer. Before going to that place, I had once tried to describe to the carver, is what she thinks. Mm -hmm. And she says, this is so fucking stupid, Kim. And it's not even stupid for the reasons that people think it's stupid. (laughs) When it's time to go there, I said quietly, we go together. What?! Like, I'm so annoyed because I feel like this was the start of a conversation where it was Mm -hmm. like, hey, by the way, we have now both basically watched the other person die and it fucking sucks, bro. And it's like, yes, it does. And I feel like the conversation they're really trying to have is let's stop putting ourselves in dangerous ass fucking situations, right? Like, let's stop playing the fucking hero. Let's go fucking retire to Boca. Like, I feel like that's really (laughs) what they're saying. Right. But instead it comes out, if you die, I die too. Okay. Like, <laughs> it's a bargain. And I so also we're going to live our lives together. Literally. Right? I feel like this is the stupidest fucking thing too, because I feel like it's basically, Pharaoh was starting out with what I said, which is like, we should talk about this. Like, this sucks. This is hard, right? Like, we don't want to do this anymore. And he's like, it's a bargain. She's just like, okay. And so now it's a fucking bargain. Like, I feel like he didn't have to in that moment be like, it's a bargain. Like, this could have been in a, a whole conversation. Okay, arguably, a better storyline for this would be that we see them have this whole conversation about this. We never hear him say it's a bargain, but then all of a sudden it's a big reveal two books from now that, oh my God, after they had this conversation, they made a bargain about it. Like, you know what I mean? Absolutely. That would have made more fucking sense than this. Yeah, no, I agree. Like, my problem is that I feel like there's a hundred ways we still could have ended up with a you jump, I jump bargain. But this was the stupidest fucking one. No, I agree. So anyway, that makes no sense. People are mad for a multitude of reasons. Like I said, I'm not really mad for the same reason as everybody else because like, I don't really care about how this gets used later that doesn't super bother me like it's a plot it's fine like i you know whatever right you you chose that as your plot and i'm okay with it like whatever but i'm annoyed with how we got it because it just feels like a throwaway it is so fast and so random no i agree it it doesn't have the relevance that you would think it would have right because right after this, we just start talking about Bryaxis. Because uh, has anybody seen him <laughs> since we were on the fucking battlefield? And the answer is no. So <laughs> he kind of mm, disappeared. He kind of, yeah, he kind of yeeted himself out of this whole situation. 
And so Feyre's like, is it my job to go get him now? Because like, I'll let him loot. Like, since I'll let him out, do I gotta go get him? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Reese is like, yes. <laughs> and Feyre was like, well, are you coming with me? And he's like, also yes. Which again, dumb, 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 dumb. Like, whatever. Anyway, um, like you two are allowed to go on fucking excursions together. I don't care. I, try not to get yourself killed. I just don't really understand how this is the conversation we have right after. Like, you go, I go. Like, I don't. I agree. Anyway. The whole thing is, the whole, wait, the conversation in this whole chapter is just weird. Yeah. Well, it gets fucking worse. <laughs> it gets fucking worse. Because. Okay. <laughs> okay, so. We've now had all of these horrendously stupid conversations on this rooftop, right? And, like, we're already mad that this entire chapter exists, right? And maybe, maybe, like, if you don't see a movie in your head, maybe this is fine. Like, maybe the words themselves aren't so bad. But, like, I do see a movie in my head. So I sort of feel like for three books... We've had this fucking, like, Lord of the Rings masterpiece, okay? And mm-hmm. then this last chapter feels a little bit like the score of it would be that kid playing the song from Titanic on the record. <laughs> I don't know. I kind of get the whole Porky Pig back all folks. <laughs> right, That's all, folks. Right? Like, I just hear that fucking record. Oh my god. Like, if you don't know what I'm talking about, come Google it. It's the fucking worst. And I just, that's like the score I hear. And it's like, like I said, it's like we went from like, like, Lord of the Rings or like Outlander style, like, camera beauty to like, I drew this with whatever that's like, what was that app that draw something app on like your phone? I feel like now it looks like that. And we hear the recorder playing because this is just so Maurice wraps his arms around Feyre and they go flying into the sky, which would be fine. Okay. Huh? Is it okay? Right. Which would be fine. I thought you were going to say it, but I was going to say it, which is, which would be fine if Pharaoh wasn't in fucking lingerie. <laughs> so we sit down, ass out. We assume some flowy, stupid ass pieces of lace. <laughs> Which again would be so bad if he just like shot them up in the sky and he was holding her and he was like, look, Valaris is still all lit up. It's fine. Like if that was the purpose and it was just like, look, everything's okay. We can go home and have sex now. Like I probably could have been like, well, that was kind of weird, but okay. 
But no. But no. <laughs> no, 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 no. They do do that. They like go up there and, you know, the Sidra, the fucking, you know, lights and candles of the fucking animal restaurants and shit, whatever. They're like listening to the sounds of the town. Okay, like fine, whatever, whatever. <laughs> Reese leveled out and sent a thought into my mind and grinned broadly as I summoned Wing. So- <laughs> Ava has full ass fucking Illyrian wings, but it's still lingerie. There's a reason we haven't seen fan art of this, and it's because it's stupid. So he lets go of her, which I think she described wrong. I think he had to have let go of her as she was forming the wings. I'm not really sure how he would have let go afterwards without being like. So something about the wording here is not accurate. It has to be wrong. And so now they're flying through the fucking sky and she's not wearing any pants. Which is like fine, I guess. Um, You need me to say this? Are you going to get through it? Yeah. Like, it's not super specific, but yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's It's like not super specific, but that is basically what she's trying to say, because it's because of how the wording is so like if I'm the reason I had such a hard time saying is because I was trying to find the line that made it super clear. But it's like, no, you have to read the whole thing. And then you're like, wait, are wait, are they are they I think maybe yes. Yeah. yeah. So the ch- so the whole book ends with them having sex in the sky while they're both flying with wings. Yeah. That's all, folks. <laughs> yeah. Deep breath, sweetie. Yeah, it's because it's yeah. I just <laughs> no. I was try- <laughs> I was trying to decide. I guess maybe if you wanted to, like, I don't know. I guess if you wanted to believe that they aren't having sex, you could choose to believe that because of how it's written. I was trying to decide if you could allow yourself to believe that. And I guess you could. I don't know. I, I've always interpreted it that they were banging. Well, so has guy. everybody else because everybody makes fun of this like on, on Instagram and stuff. So everybody does. It's not, it doesn't, I guess, technically say that, but I mean, yeah. It's kind of implied. I also think, think that they tell us that in Akafas. Yeah. Like, I think, I think here Akafas. it's just, like, implied, but I'm pretty sure in Akafas she tells us that. Yeah. I want to say you're right. And that's, I think, why, like, depending on how you read it now, you might go, no, no, no. But, like, I'm, I'm like, 99% sure that, like, she fucking tells us that in Akafas. So, anyway, yeah. And then it's just fucking over. Yeah. Just hear the kid playing the fucking theme from Titanic on the fucking recorder. Um, that oh, chapter, yeah, I kind of like mine better. <laughs> no, that's included too. On just the background music to them flying through Valaris while she has no pants on. <laughs> I'm gonna like, black. You have Porky Pig pop up and say, "That's all, folks." Yeah. 
I'm just saying there's a reason you haven't seen any fucking fan art of this. And it's because it's dumb. Yeah. And I'm like, I love Sarah J. Matt and I love these books. We would not have spent a fucking year talking about them if we didn't. <laughs> this is so true. But I just feel like there were like three times we could have ended this book and that was not what I needed. <laughs> so now it's over. And it took us a year. A I year. I know. Which like you said, first three. feels so weird to me. So weird. In fairness. So officially, I was going to say, officially our one year is tomorrow. Yes. If you're listening to this on the day this episode drops on Monday, April 18th, tomorrow is our one year anniversary. The uh, April the 19th. The thing is, is my concept of time is already jacked as hell. Because you have to remember that when we first started, like when I started reading these, I was like halfway, I like had was like in the middle of my second trimester of being pregnant. And mm-hmm. I feel like I was pregnant for a million years. So like from reading these books, like January of last year, up until we decided to do the podcast and actually releasing it on April 19th, felt like a hugely long time. And then yeah. April 19th until like I had the baby felt like a huge fucking long time. Even though it was only, it wasn't even quite three months. Right. And then, like, from that point to now, feels like I blinked and it happened. So, like, looking at the podcast, I feel like, it's so funny because we did Akatar in what, like, 12 episodes? I think so. Like, those 12 episodes feel like they took so long to me. But we just did 22 of Akawar and it feels like it took... Well, yeah, because the last book that you're going to have that kind of control for will be... Ekafast when we do mm-hmm. it in July. Yep. Yep, yep, yep. And then I take over, y'all. Then mm-hmm. it's all me. Yep, yep, yep. Yeah, because I haven't yeah, because I'm I'm yeah. <laughs> I'll get her there, y'all guys. I promise. I will get her to read all the others. <clears throat> but yeah, so it's been a time. It has. So now Kim has no idea where I'm going with this. So uh, if we sound like chickens with our head cut off, uh, it's because we are. So Kim, uh, what do we think the next year we'll get done then? We'll get Crescent City. Well, we're going to finish. So we'll finish. We'll do Crescent City, but we're also going to finish. We'll finish all of Akatar that's published. Yeah. Akatar and Silver Flames. Yeah. And then... I mean, it depends on how long it takes us to get through Silver Flames and Crescent That's City what I mean. That. That's what I'm saying. Do you think we'll get through, like, it took us the entire year to get through three books. Do you think we'll get through three again and just those three? I think, or no. maybe a fourth one? If we're going to really count three, because Akafas is, you know, Frost and Starlight is a novella. Yeah. Then I say, honestly, I say we jump into, if we're going to do Crescent City, then I say we do Crescent City too. And we do House of Sky and Breath. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And that would be three books. Yep, yep. So we'll see. We'll see. And keep your eyes open because we have some stuff coming when we get to Silver Flames. I'm really excited. <laughs> we have so much cool stuff planned, you guys. We really do. Like we, I know. 
I know we keep promising it. I do. And we have, I and mean, we've come through some of it. You know, we had Michaela and we've had Kara and, mm-hmm. and Jam Wallace. And, mm-hmm. you know, we are, we're going to do, you know, we're slowly adding things to our, our repertoire of what mm-hmm. we're doing. But and, uh, we have planned for Silver Flames is going to be really, I'm excited. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Well, anyway, uh, we do have uh, one more uh, song list, one last playlist for Akawar. Um, but real quick, before I forget, because I already forgot it like two time, two episodes ago, I have one hanging over TikTok that I forgot to mention, a tiki-taki from at Lidwit. I'll put it in the show notes because I don't know if that's what that says. Anyway, <laughs> she's got a Daddy Archeron video that cracked me up about oh, it's he comes back in this book. And I was like, yes. oh my God, this is hilarious. And and we had reached out to her a long time ago and said, can we share this? And she was like, oh yeah, sure. And then sure enough, fucking forgot. So... <laughs> Here we are, mentioning it and putting it in the show notes. <laughs> and if you guys are asking about the uh, character support hotline one, we have not gotten permission to share it, so yes. we just say go find it. Yes, go find it. It's hysterical. Love it, love it. Absolutely love it. priceless. <laughs> okay, share your last Akawar playlist edition. Wow. I know it seems like so weird. So like, here's the last song list for for Akawar. Okay, but your um, last song is hysterical, so it's fine. You're gonna send us out on a high note. <laughs> I'm, I'm doing my best. I think I got some good wins in here. Um, so believe it or not, for five chapters, I know. Like I kept saying, like all these other chapters before, like I was coming up with ten songs. Last couple of episodes. Yeah, I only have eight. And I know that sounds like, oh, only eight. But when you consider this was five chapters, only eight is actually kind of on the... It is so what it is. Much side. But I think we've also gotten through 99% of all the stuff that we wanted to do musically. Anyway. Right. So this is just kind of a... I needed some bows to, to wrap a few things up, so to speak. Uh, so song one is The Rose by Bette Midler. And it's when Feyre, Nesta, and Elaine are Bearing Daddy, Archeron. Um, song two is I Can't Hold Back by Survivor. And it's when Lucian shows up after they've buried their father. And um, he's talking to, specifically to Elaine, but also to uh, a little bit to Feyre. Um, but it's for that part. Uh, song three is One Vision by Queen. Um, and it's at the meeting that Vera calls at her parents or at her father's estate, her family estate. Um, and and what they are hoping to get out of this, right? Yep, yep. And song four is Devil in the Kitchen by Ashley McIsaac. And it's for the same part, but it's pretty much after the meeting has started and it's, you know, everybody's arguing their points and parts and feelings. And just so you all know, that song has no lyrics to it at all. It's just music. And it's like a fiddle and it's uh, bagpipes. And it's, you know, it's just, it's very, it's very Scottish Celtic. And it's very right. kind of appropriate for the crazy that it's going on. If you listen to the, the, the way the music goes, it's just very kind of loud and, and hectic and frantic. And 
you know, devil in the kitchen. Uh, song five is White Flag by Dido, and it's Elaine as she's seen Grayson leave the estate after the meeting. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's kind of sad. Um, song six is From Now On, from the Greatest Showman soundtrack. And it's when Reese is in the kitchen in the townhouse in Volaris, and he's listening to all these, you know, conversations and, you know, really realizing it is real. He really did come back. He is in one piece and, and they're all there. Yeah. Uh, song seven is Never Tear Us Apart by In Excess. And it's when Reese and Feyre make their bargain. I figured Which, it was kind like, of appropriate. Cute. And song eight is Shivers by Ed Sheeran. And um, <clears throat> it's for, you know, when Reese and Feyre were having sex in the sky at the end of the book. <laughs> Whatever the fuck they're doing up there, it's still weird. <laughs> so there you go. The last playlist for Echoar. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Crazy. Craziness. All right. Well, tell us what you thought of Echoar of this past year of what you want to see yes. next. Tell us all the things. We love you guys. And tell us all the things on all the things. They all have two A's like Sarah J. Mass's name. <laughs> You'd think after a year we wouldn't keep doing this. But here we are. <laughs> MassiveFansBookClub.com Facebook at Massive Fans Book Club and Podcast. Twitter at Massive Podcast. Instagram at Massive Fan Podcast. Pinterest at Massive Fans. TikTok at Massive Fan Pod. I think that's all of them. I think that's everything. <laughs> If not, it's all in our show notes, guys. Exactly. Go click around. <laughs> and with that, bye.